Thanks very much. I'll set this one over out of the way. Good to be back on home turf again. And look down and see a few friendly faces and faces I recognize. And trust that God will bless us together as we, we look at his word. Um, don't you just love to read the stories about Jesus in the, the, the Gospels? I mean, I, I, I don't know if it's just me, but I think there's something soothing, calming, restful about reading those stories. And it's, it's such a busy word. You could even say frantic at times. Um, there are all kinds of pressures that we have to face, all kinds of horribleness going on around us. And you, you come to these stories about Jesus, and he, he's always gracious and gentle and warm and loving and kind and, and good, calm, unruffled, dignified. E- even when they're out to get him, and even actually in Gethsemane, you know, that night when he was so distressed, even there, I think you still see it coming through. He was distressed, but nevertheless, he said, not my will, but yours. There was still that calm, quiet dignity. I just love those stories. My mind go to the, the, the hymn, you know, Jesus, the very thought of thee with sweetness fills my breast, but sweeter far thy face to see, and in thy presence rest. In the words of Solomon and Song of Solomon, yes, he is altogether lovely. This is my beloved, and this is my friend. I want to take you to one of those stories now. We're going to turn to Luke's Gospel chapter 10, and just a few verses from the end of the chapter. Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10 and verse 38. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village. And a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house, and she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha. You're anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary, and Mary has chosen that good portion which shall not be taken away from her. I pray that God would bless that short reading from his word to us. So Jesus is making his way from Galilee up in the north down to Jerusalem to attend the Feast of Tabernacles. And he's near the end of his journey. He's about two miles from Jerusalem, and he's passing through Bethany. Bethany's only a tiny village, but he has some special friends there, and Jesus loves to spend time with them. Because Bethany is where Martha and her sister Mary and their brother Lazarus live. It's going to be in Martha's home that Jesus will stay during the last week before the crucifixion. And Mary's the one who's going to anoint Jesus with costly perfume and wipe his feet 
with her hair. And Lazarus, of course, is the one at whose grave Jesus wept before he brought him back to life again. John says in John chapter 11, Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Yeah, they were special friends. Jesus loved them. He loved all three of them, and they loved him. All three of them. Martha too. We're not sure when the friendship began. Maybe this occasion that we've just read about was the first time Jesus was in Martha's house. Maybe not. We just don't know. But anyway, it's a busy day for Martha. I mean, you know how it is when you have someone coming to your house for dinner. Well, Martha's not just feeding Jesus. He has all of his disciples with him. There was Jesus. There was Lazarus. Mary too, Martha, plus Peter, Andrew, James, and John, Philip and Bartholomew, Matthew, oh, and Thomas too, James the Lads, Judas the Greater, Simon the Zealot, and you've got it, Judas the Traitor. Don't know where that came out of. It sounds like a William Hendrickson kind of thing if you've ever read any of his commentaries. Probably came from there. I make that to be 16 people at least, and that is an awful lot of spuds to peel isn't it? But somebody's got to do it, and I'm sure Martha doesn't mind. I mean, after all, serving's her thing, and it is for Jesus, special guest, good friend, it's a special occasion, she'd want everything to be just right. The problem isn't that Martha has to do so much. The problem is that Martha gets up to do the work, and Mary doesn't get up to help her. She just sits on listening to Jesus. Did anything ever like happen to you like that? You know, you've been sitting at home with the family, watching something good in the telly, and it comes around to feeding time. And somebody has to do it, and practical servant type that you are, you get up and you make a start in the supper, and you don't mind doing it that much, really. The rest of the family sit on, and you work away listening to the TV as best you can. But the work is a distraction from the television program and the listening's a distraction from the work and you start to feel under a bit of pressure and those wee thoughts start to niggle. Why doesn't anybody get up and do anything? And then the thoughts start to get louder, don't they? But they never think to offer to help. Can't they see him under pressure? And then it goes on a wee bit longer and the thoughts start to get angry, take me for granted. Don't appreciate a thing I do for them, that lot. And the longer it goes on and the madder you get and the more agitated you get and you start banging pots and pans, but do they take the hint, oh no. And that's usually the point where a pot starts to boil over or you remember something that you've forgotten to do and that's when you lose it and fire a pot through the television. And you can tell them to sit and starve there for all you care. (laughs) You never intended to be angry. After all, you're a good servant type. It's who you are. It's your gift. It's your calling. You just wanted to do your best. And I think that's what happened to Martha. No, she didn't fire a pot through the television. But she did take it out on Jesus. Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to come and help me. Lord, do you not care? Martha's lost it. 
And she's lost more than her temper. She's lost the plot altogether. She's accused Jesus, Jesus, of not caring. Oh, my. Now, what is it that makes a good woman like Martha do the like of that? Well, I can see at least two places where Martha went wrong. I wonder if you spotted them. First, at some point, she decided that Mary should have been up there working on the meal with her. Mary's decision to sit on at Jesus' feet, she thought, was not the right one. And she began to resent what Mary was doing. And she allowed it to eat away at her, and it did, until that inward sinful thought became an outward sinful accusation against Don't allow that to happen to you. When you do an act of service, any act of service, it doesn't matter what it is. If it's something that has to be done and it falls to you to do it, or something you decide to do for somebody else, an act of Christian service, when you do that, do it for the Lord. And be glad of the opportunity to do it for the Lord. Don't look at anybody else. Leave them to the Lord and their own conscience. Don't allow yourself to become resentful of other people who don't join in and help, or don't become resentful even of the people who don't show appreciation of what you're doing. Don't even be annoyed by people who are critical of what you're doing or people who get in the way of what you're doing. You do it for the Lord. You focus on Him. Be single-minded about and be happy that you have the privilege of serving the Lord Jesus. Can you do that? The second place where Martha went wrong, she got anxious about her work. Martha, Martha, you're worried and troubled about many things. She's such gentle kind, caring words from Jesus. I think it apparently comes out more in the, the, the Greek than the original and in our translation. But there were words spoken with gentleness and warmth and kindness. You see, Jesus knew how to handle an angry woman. And you men take note of this. It could save your life someday. He didn't say, Martha, don't you accuse me of not caring? Don't you know who you're talking to? He could have said that, but he didn't. Don't attack an angry woman, or an angry man for that matter either. Don't go attacking or accusing somebody who is already under pressure, because that will only make things worse. Gently, gently, if you've had years. Martha was under pressure. She was anxious. She was worried. She was troubled. How am I going to get it all done in time? What if it doesn't turn out right? What if the souffle flops? What if Jesus doesn't like chicken and broccoli bake? I don't know what she was worried about. But she was anxious and troubled. And that got her wound up, and that led her into sin. And Jesus says, take no anxious thought. He says, be anxious for nothing. When you're busy in Jesus' service, no matter how busy you are, 
no matter how impossible it seems that you'll get everything covered properly and get everything done in time, there is never any need to be anxious. Do you know why? Because Jesus is in control. What Jesus wants done will get done. It always does. And Martha forgot that. She was in a flap. But Jesus, sovereign Lord and master of all creation, he knew exactly how his disciples were going to get fed that evening. He was watching the pots. He had been guiding the course of the day and would continue to guide the course of the day in every detail with perfect precision. And what's more, he was saying to it that everything was planned and expertly engineered to best suit the needs of Martha and everybody else who was there. Martha needn't have worried, but she did, and it led her into sin. And Jesus has your days perfectly planned too. Every day, perfectly planned, and you have no need to worry either. So never be anxious in your service of the Lord. If you've chosen to serve him, whatever it is you're doing, whatever way it's going, whatever's happening to you, whoever's helping you, whoever's not helping you, whoever's getting in the way, Jesus is in control. So there you are, two places where Martha went wrong. She was resentful of Mary, and she was anxious about her work. Learn from her mistakes. But there was something else Jesus pointed out to Martha that we need to think about. And it has to do with the choice Martha made. Because Martha did make a choice. She decided to get up and prepare that meal. Now, she might have thought she had to, but she didn't. Nobody made her. She could have sat on like Mary... Now, it wasn't sinful to make a meal for Jesus, not in any way. In fact, on the face of it, you would say it was a very good thing to do. And Martha's gift was serving, so she served. And who better to serve than the one who, by her own confession, was the Christ, the Son of God who has come into the world. But Jesus didn't send her to make the meal. Nobody else made her get up and do it. It was her choice, and it seemed to be a good one. Sometimes we do things for Jesus that Jesus hasn't asked us to do. And they're not bad things. They might, on the face of it, look like very good things to do. Doing things for other people, being kind and helpful. Servant-type things, family things, church things, Christian service, all kinds of, of stuff. We do them, and we do them for all kinds of reasons. Sometimes it seems like they have to be done, and nobody else seems to be making any moves, and if you're the kind of person who can't sit back and let things go, well, then you get up and do them. Sometimes we do things because we see it as exercising our gifts for the Lord. We're servant types like Martha was, or we're good mothers, 
fathers or good cooks, good at hospitality, good preachers even, whatever. And shouldn't we use our gifts for the Lord? And sometimes we do things because we need to be needed. Have you ever thought about how much you do because it gives you a sense of accomplishment or just because you like to be well thought of? It's great when people praise you, isn't it? It's a tricky one, that, because you think you're doing good things for good reasons, but really you're doing them for yourself. You think about that when you think about the things you choose to do. Anyway, we choose to do all kinds of things for all kinds of reasons. They're not bad things. Many of them are good things in themselves, but Jesus didn't ask us to do them. And that's what Martha did. And who could have said when Martha got up to make the dinner, Martha, sit down, you're doing the right thing. It looked good. I'm just saying there's no harm to think about what you take on and why you're taking it on. But that's kind of by the way. Martha made a choice. Mary also made a choice. Her choice was different. And according to Jesus, her choice was a better choice. Mary chose to sit on at Jesus' feet. Instead of getting up to serve him, she chose to receive from him, to learn from him, to enjoy him, to let him serve her. Now, why was that a better choice? Jesus said, one thing is needed. You hear a lot about needs these days. You need this, you need that, you can't get by without it. Jesus said there's only one thing that's needed. Did you really get the significance of that? There's only one thing that you need. You need Him. Oh, come on, you're saying, let's get real. What about the basics? What about food and drink and shelter? Don't tell me I, I can get by without those things. No, I'm not saying you can get by without them, but didn't Jesus say, first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you? And wasn't he talking about those basics when he said that? If you have Jesus, he has sorted out the basics of life for you. Actually, way more than the basics, I think. If you One thing is needed. And we're not just talking about physical needs supplied. If you have Jesus where he should be in your life, you have everything. Perfect joy. Perfect peace and contentment. Perfect security. Perfect love. You find all of those things in your relationship with the Lord Jesus. Right? You've heard that said, haven't you? You've probably even said it to other people, yourself, often. Do you believe it? Everything else was taken away from you. If you were incarcerated in prison, if you were stranded on a desert island, if you were tied to a pole in the wilderness, if you were abandoned by all your friends and family and loved ones, if you became ill and lost all your faculties and couldn't do anything to make people appreciate you and love you. Is Jesus enough? When you know Jesus, 
you have everything you need to be happy. One thing is necessary. Do you believe that? Mary did. That's why she chose to sit on at Jesus' feet and listen. One thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. Mary's choice was to know the Lord Jesus more. Nothing else mattered to her, just to know him. And in pursuing him, she was pursuing something that could never be taken away from her. When Martha's ability to cook and serve was gone, Mary would still have Jesus. Oh, Martha, bad choice. What you chose to do wasn't sinful, but what Mary chose to do was better and lasting. But what are you saying, Lord? Can you hear Martha asking that? Some of you are asking it too. I can see it on your faces. <laughs> You're way ahead of me. If we all sat at Jesus' feet, who would peel the spuds? <laughs> who would get the work done? Who would bath the children? Who would keep the church clean? Who would preach the sermons? Who would pay the bills if we all sat at Jesus' feet? No, 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 Martha. Martha. It's not the work that's wrong. (coughs) There's a time and a place for that. And the work will get done. It's the choice you made, Martha. That's what's wrong. Don't you see? The work was more important than me. You put the work first. You couldn't let it wait. You had to be up and doing. Don't you see, Martha? Good things can become a distraction from the better thing. And it ended up in sin. Now you know what's coming now. Are you a Martha or are you a Mary? Could it be that you are too busy to have time for Jesus? Too busy to pray? Too busy to read and learn from his word, too busy to enjoy his presence, too busy to worship with your brothers and sisters. And if I were to tell you you're too busy, you would say, well, hasn't somebody got to do it? I'm not doing anything wrong, you know, I'm doing good things and I'm doing them for the Lord. Are you? Or are you doing them for you? Did Jesus ask you to do them? Is it really his work? And if it is his work, well, why do you get in a flap and get anxious about it? Don't you believe that he's in control? And why do you get resentful that it's all being left to you if you're doing it for Jesus? Don't you see how good things can pull you away from the Lord? Don't you see that serving Jesus can actually take Jesus' place in your life? Don't you see that your busyness can squeeze him out? Where will all your busyness lead to if it's not checked? Martha thought that Jesus needed her. Mary knew that she needed Jesus. 
Jesus came to Martha and Mary's house for their good. He came to bless them, not because he wanted a dinner. And he came to your house and saved you, to bless you too, not because he needs you to serve him. Jesus doesn't need you. Well, I fancy some of you are still not altogether convinced. Because you see, we've been brought up, especially us oldies, we've been brought up on sermons that send us out on guilt trips of Christian service. I think you know what I mean by that. People are being lost. The harvest is truly great, but the laborers are few. Funny enough, Luke put that at the start of this chapter. Love your neighbor. Who is my neighbor? Everybody's your neighbor. Love them all. Parable of the Good Samaritan, which, funny enough, comes immediately before the Martha and Mary story in Luke chapter 10. wonder why Luke put Martha and Mary in there. Here's how I think it works. You sit at the feet of Jesus. Jesus, the very thought of thee with sweetness fills my breast, but sweeter far thy face to see, and in thy presence rest he is altogether lovely. This is my beloved, this is my friend. You sit at the feet of Jesus, you enjoy the calm, your thirsty soul is refreshed, your tired heart is revived, content at peace, happy, and joy wells up within you. And joy overflows in praise. And satisfied and at peace and with a joyful heart and praise on your lips, you get up to peel the spuds. (laughs) But it's not a chore anymore. It's an act of worship that comes from the heart. And there's no worry. And there's no resentment. And yes, maybe it's tiring. Maybe it's downright exhausting. Often it is. But that's okay because now it's such a joy to serve him. And you don't mind spending yourself to do it. Or sometimes maybe the spuds don't need peeled and that's okay because Jesus has some other plans. Sometimes Jesus says, you sit on there, Peter, go and make me a sandwich or Judas, run down to McDonald's and get some burgers for all of us. Not everything we think needs to be done for Jesus needs to be done for Jesus. And Jesus is not a hard taskmaster, is he? I think that's how it works. I think that's how it's meant to be. Busy world, frantic sometimes, all kinds of pressures, all kinds of horribleness going on. So take time this week to sit at the feet of Jesus. The work will get done. It will. And I know some of you are going to have to work on that because I know that for some of you it's more natural to serve than to be served. And some of you, 
maybe in spite of all you say about salvation being by grace alone, you think you've got to work to make yourself a bit more acceptable to Jesus. Don't be daft. Just remember, Mary chose to sit at the feet of her Lord. She chose that over serving her Lord. And Jesus said it was a good choice. sometimes life becomes so busy and frantic and we become weary. Help us when that happens. Maybe even before it happens. Help us, Lord, to turn our thoughts to you and remember your calm, quiet dignity even on the busiest of days. Help us to take the time to sit at your feet, to be refreshed, to be revived, that we might go out to serve you with joyful, willing hearts, an act of love and an act of worship. And we pray that in that way you might glorify yourself in our lives. For we pray in Jesus' name.